This is Risky Women Radio, a show that connects, celebrates and champions women in risk, regulation and compliance. We're here to share the insights on the biggest issues in our industry and hear inspiring journeys from our global members. Sign up to our newsletter at riskywomen.org. I'm Kimberly Cole, your Chief Risky Woman. Welcome to Risky Women Radio. Today, we are kicking off Series 7, and we are going to look at our predictions for 2024. This is the third year that we have done our predictions, and we have once again our stars of the show, Carol Barmier and Bernadine Reese from Protivity. And before I let them come in and introduce themselves, I just say how excited we are to have this happening in what is our 10th year of Risky Women. So it's a great way to start the year and it's a great way to think about what are those risks and opportunities that we see for the year ahead. So welcome, Carol, and welcome, Bernadine. And can I get you to say hi and introduce yourselves? Maybe start with you, Carol. Of course. And first of all, let me say on behalf of Protivity, we're delighted to have this association with Risky Women and all of the great work that you do. I'm Carol Balmier. I'm a Senior Managing Director with Protivity. I've been with the firm since we started it 20 plus years ago now. I have worked in the regulatory space, both in my consulting career and in former lives, working in financial institutions and as a regulator. I spend a lot of my time in the financial crime space, not just in the U.S., but working with my creativity colleagues across the globe. Hi, my name is Bernadine Reese, I'm Managing Director at Protivity in our London office. Like Carol, I extend our congratulations to Risky Women and Kimberly for your 10 years, fantastic achievement. So I've focused in financial services for most of my career and regulatory compliance more broadly for a good number of those years. As you'll see, it's a full and packed agenda for the compliance officer, and there's plenty keeping us busy on a number of topics that we're going to discuss today as well. So that's fantastic. And I, I mean, you've both had long and distinguished careers in compliance. And before we get into the 2024 priorities, I thought it would be fun to sort of reflect briefly on the compliance environment over the last sort of 10 years. And what do you see as the real the difference in terms of what we were focusing on then versus maybe the role of the chief compliance officer and how those things are different today? But yeah, I'd love your thoughts. So, Harold, do you want to kick off there? Sure. So when I think about what the environment was 10 years ago, what I recall is that the industry at the time was very much focused on implementing the myriad regulations that came out of the great financial crisis. That included looking at governance and conduct issues that were very apparent leading up to and during the crisis. And we probably at that time, if I think about it, started ushering in a period of personal accountability, whether that was potential clawbacks or personal financial penalties or even being barred from the industry in an extreme I also think it was just about the same time that FinCEN issued its seminal advisory on the culture of compliance and the importance of culture 
in maintaining an effective anti-money laundering program, certainly a sentiment that picked up a lot of steam across the globe and, and something that we still talk about a lot today. So those are the things that come to mind first for me. Really interesting. And what about for you, Bernadine? What have you sort of seen as the shifts over the last 10 years? Uh, yeah, always interesting to look back, Kimberly. And I'd start by saying that the compliance agenda has always been packed. If I think back 10 years ago, it was a busy agenda. It's equally, if not more busy now. But I think looking back over those 10 years, the compliance agenda at the time covered well-known issues, pretty much all of which are actually still familiar to us today and with us. So financial crime compliance, governance, trading and business-related issues like market abuse and customer protection. But today's compliance officer is deeply involved in a much wider range of issues that weren't on the agenda 10 years ago. And that's driving a lot of those emerging issues that we're seeing. Yeah. And I think last year when we spoke, a lot of what we covered there was that increase of that sort of 360 degree view that the compliance office is taking, which is, you know, incredibly interesting, but also challenging. So I recommend everyone goes back and has a listen to that as well. And I want to come back to that historical perspective later, but let's move on now to the current priorities as you see them for 2024. And I really like how you kicked off your report that you do annually reflecting on whether your 2023 predictions were accurate. So what prompted that approach? So we can thank LinkedIn for that. Toward the end of last year, as people started publishing predictions for 2024, one of my LinkedIn contacts posted a note that said he wasn't reading any more top 10 lists until the authors proved that their prior predictions had been accurate. So that seemed like a pretty fair ask to us. So before we started putting together the 2024 list, we decided we'd look back at the predictions that we made for 2023 and see how well we had done. So we did that, and we concluded that with the exception of crypto, which we did mention, but with the benefit of hindsight, probably could have drawn more attention to, we were actually on target. So we feel good about our 2023 predictions. We stand behind them and we hope that we're as accurate this year. That's fantastic. I love that. And obviously everyone can go back and listen to last year's podcast and see what they think as well. Uh, so that's terrific. And this year you've identified even more priorities. You've gone to 15 versus 10 and you've organized the priorities differently than you did last year. So tell us more about the thinking there. Indeed. So in terms of the numbers, I mean, I mentioned earlier how the compliance agenda is expanding rapidly into these new risk areas that would have been unfamiliar to compliance officers 10 years ago, or certainly wouldn't have been within their remit. And many of those topics are now pressing issues in 2024. And so as we started our list, Carol and I reflected that the compliance agenda is significantly impacted by a whole number of kind of macro issues now. So the remarkable march of big technology and the impact it has on our lives, the geopolitical situation, the emergence of new political priorities. But we also recognise that the economy and the pressure to reduce costs can have a big impact on compliance teams as well. So 
We felt that in this year of all years, there was a need to recognize that much wider pool of priority items. We kind of carry that forward to why we split them the way we did this year. I think we've always included both external and internal issues. But as we were putting together the list this year, it just felt like there were more internal issues that we wanted to call out. And I think as we discuss some of these, it will become clearer why, but we just thought it made sense to make them their own category this year. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that you structured it that way, the internal and external. And the external priorities still outweigh the internal factors. But why did you sort of think about it that way now? So I think that to maybe jump ahead a little and talk about some of the internal factors, what we started thinking about was the extent to which these internal factors really affect the overall effectiveness of a compliance function. So the internal priorities that we focused on this year were compliance risk assessment, horizon scanning, risk and change, digital risk, compliance monitoring, and resourcing. And when we started thinking about these, you know, we looked at risk assessment, and I think we would probably both say that risk assessments have tended to be a bit backwards looking or best case static. And there's really a need for them to be much more dynamic. Similarly, horizon scanning. Poor horizon scanning means an institution really is not in a position to anticipate and to respond proactively. Just given the number of issues that compliance organizations have to deal with now, the risk and change, the ability to kind of guide the organization through the whole change process from implementation to sustainability of requirements needs to be a core competency today for a compliance function. I think going hand in hand with that, Bernadine already mentioned kind of the impact of innovation, particularly as we've all talked about so much in the last year, the impact of Gen AI on compliance functions. Compliance monitoring, I also think of as something that can be a very valuable tool for proactively identifying and addressing risk. And then kind of finally with resourcing, we were less focused here on headcount and more focused on the realization that the skills and experience that are necessary to maintain an effective compliance function today are very different than when we started out in the field and even different than what they were 10 years ago. So for us, all of these kind of have this underlying theme of needing to be proactive to be successful in this space. And I think they underpin how organizations can deal with and respond to the external factors they have facing them. That's interesting. And I guess to that point, I mean, if you were thinking about best practice, what are you seeing in those sort of best practice organizations as to how they focus on some of these external or internal factors? So I think it is trying to kind of meld all all of these internal considerations together to be in a position to be proactive, to not always be under the gun and responding to the latest regulatory criticism or the latest requirement that lands on their plate. I think that's really key, especially in the complex environment that we're dealing with today. Yes, agree. Anything that you would like to add, Bernadine, in terms of things that you've seen across, you know, great examples? 
So I agree with Carol. I think that unless compliance teams have a fairly slick and regularly updated internal compliance function and team, there is a tendency to address some of the external risks in a very piecemeal way or in a slightly reactive way. And that's not how really to get the best out of compliance. So the smoother things run internally, the perhaps the greater use of technology that's available within the compliance team, the more teams are able to respond to some of these in a proactive joined up way and get a better result addressing some of the external risks as well. This episode is brought to you by Protivity. Protivity is a global consulting firm with deep expertise in transformation, risk management and compliance. Partner with Protivity and face the future with confidence. A good chance to once again do our sort of look back and look forward as a part of our 10-year view. I want to ask each of you what are the lessons that you feel that we've learned or that you wish we had learned maybe about managing compliance risk over the last 10 years? So I think a few things come to mind. One that I hope we've learned, sometimes I'm not so sure, but one that I hope we've learned is that compliance really plays a vital role in partnering with business to do things right. I hope that we've moved away from kind of that traditional view that Compliance is the cop there to stop the business from doing what it wants to do. I think this means that, to go back to the prior comment about skill sets and experience, I think this means that CCOs really need to be adept at building partnerships and affecting change. So again, it's changed the dynamic, the experiences that we're looking for in a compliance officer. I think we've also learned, as I suggested in my response to your first question that we have ushered in a period where compliance officers can be held accountable for compliance failures. So I think that also requires resilience and courage often on the part of compliance officers and goes back to the support that you hope compliance officers have from the rest of the organization. And then we've certainly learned that data and technology have never been more important to an effective compliance function, but I think we would all agree that we have a lot more work to do to be able to optimize their usage. So those are a few things. I'm sure Bernadine has more to add. Yeah, thanks, Carol. So if I take the looking back first, and then maybe we can come to the looking forward and to some of the external risks that we've identified in the report. I think looking back, there have definitely been valuable lessons learned I think there are also lessons the industry doesn't seem to learn no matter how many times we go through the same cycle. One of those relates to how we deal with regulatory criticisms and concerns. And we've seen this often whenever there's a need for regulatory remediation, there seems to be a tendency to throw resources at the problem and add processes and controls often with minimal concern given to integration and fixing the problem with the existing framework. And then victory is declared, a number of those measures are rolled back and compliance is left managing the same, very similar processes, more processes sometimes with fewer people. And then we're into history repeating itself very often. So 
something about breaking that cycle and doing that better, I think, is a key lesson learned looking backwards. Looking forwards to some of the external risks. So in this survey, we identified nine. Four of those were new to our list this year in 2024. And five were still key priorities that we'd identified previously. And we didn't rank these in any particular order, given very different business models out there, no doubt. But new to the list were really a focus on ensuring good customer outcome rather than designing and following processes without consideration of whether they achieved what was intended and the impact on the ultimate customer. Conduct and culture and how the behaviours of management and employees impact really all aspects of compliance, including interactions in the markets, with customers and internally. And poor culture often results in poor behaviours that really heavily impact the rest of the compliance agenda and make compliance much more difficult if there is a poor culture. So that was a key one for us as well. We also added in new supply chain and third-party risk management. So knowing who the business is dealing with and outsourcing to and engaging with is increasingly important in so many different compliance issues like operational resilience and ESG, where we see growing focus from the regulators globally. And then Carol mentioned earlier the extraordinary tale of the crypto markets, the prosecutions in the US, and really the emerging development of crypto regulation has been such a key feature of the past year and it's definitely one where we expect to to see and hear more over the coming year. And then if I take a few minutes to run through some of the issues that we'd previously identified as priorities and we think still worthy of a place on the list this year. So artificial intelligence, where the launch of ChatGPT brought AI technologies to the forefront of public attention and caused a huge governmental and regulatory focus. We continue to see operational resilience as a key issue, especially with the rise and rise of cyber attacks, reliance on third parties such as outsourcers and critical technology providers. The geopolitical global position continues to drive significant expansion of the sanctions regimes globally, with sanctions evasion and increasing risk and regulatory enforcement very much in progress. And then alongside that, as technology is adopted by criminals, we're seeing convergence of financial crime issues in many areas and the need to address them in an aligned way. So, for example, data harvested from cyber attacks might be used for fraudulent activities or identity theft or to perpetuate financial scams. And then finally, our final existing item carried forward is environmental, social and governance. That is continuing to be a huge agenda and drive a big regulatory action plan, much of which is not necessarily globally aligned at the moment. And the lack of reliable ESG data continues to provide yet further challenges for compliance teams as well. So that's probably enough of a look forward. I'll stop there. So many big items on that list. And you were just making me think it would be so good to actually go through maybe some case studies on some of those things to show how intertwined everything is. And you just think of some of the the big scandals that have happened recently. You mentioned crypto, but crypto was interesting even that that fake tweet came out saying that they'd made this change to the 
<laughs> the rules that someone had hacked into the systems of the regulator. You raise a great point, I think, Kimberly, because I think as we've found, as we've written on some of these other individual topics, that inevitably we're blending a number of these topics because they do all converge. Yeah, especially, as you said, now with technology and some of the outsourcing projects and obviously here in the UK with the whole post office scandal is another very interesting one that brings together a lot of those elements that you said from technology to culture to outsourcing. So, yeah, I mean, maybe we do another another session where we do case studies and learnings that we found through. <laughs> I'd love to come back. <laughs> Looking at other areas. But everyone should also, in the show notes, we will put where to find the report. So if anyone actually wants to read the physical report, they can easily find that. And we often also put out some other reports on the Risky Women website from Productivity that you might like to view as well. But so it's been fun looking at obviously our year ahead and what you see coming up and also this reflection on 10 years. So I think what I would maybe like to end with is there's still a look forward, but maybe in a few words, you could describe how you think compliance risk management will change in the next 10 years. So this is a big ask (laughs) to kick off with. So maybe Carol, do you want to give us your views of uh, the predictions 10 years ahead. (laughs) So I'm going to take a very upbeat point of view and say that in 10 years, maybe fewer, I hope that all compliance organizations have their own team of Gen AI assistants who help them with risk assessments, with compliance monitoring, with horizon scanning, so that the CCOs and the senior compliance people can really spend their time being the strategists and the expert advisors who guide their organizations on the best way to comply. Excellent. Sounds fantastic. I love Carol's optimistic notes. So if I think forward 10 years, I'd hope that we'd have more global alignment on regulation and probably greater sources of reliable data to enable compliance officers to develop a technology-rich data-led approach to compliance and to enable a truly global compliance approach to be adopted in a number of areas to improve those internal risk management and compliance risk management processes and allow that greater focus on emerging risks and what could be improved and what could be done better from an external perspective as well. So I doubt we'll have achieved all of that in 10 years, But it would be lovely to be a lot closer than we are now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'll be interesting. We can always come back and listen to this uh, (laughs) 10 years later and see see what's happened. (laughs) So with that, I will say a big thank you to both you, Carol, and you, Bernadine. It's been a pleasure for our third year in a row, and may long it continue, to talk about the predictions for the year ahead. So thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. Always great to have the discussion with you. Thank you so much. It was lovely catching up as well. Pleasure. And 
This, as I said, with our 10 years, we have lots of celebrations planned. If you go to our website, which is www.riskywomen.org, you will see all of the things that we have coming up. You can join our membership and get access to members-only events. We've got some fabulous what we're calling rev-up sessions, which will help you develop your superpowers and build on the extraordinary skills and capabilities that we already have in the network. But we're focused on everything from media training. We're going to launch a fun writing skill competition to get some more compliance content out there from all of our membership and obviously it's about the community the network there's a range of directories there's a whole great list of women to watch who you can use as mentors and just general inspiration so please take a look at the risky women website and come along and be part of our tribe thank you all for listening